Welcome to the Living a Naturally Healthy Life podcast with Delane ND, the podcast for people looking to correct chronic illnesses such as diabetes through lifestyle change. I'm Dr. Delane Vaughn. As a physician, I see many patients who are ill because of lifestyle decisions such as food choices. Typically, diseases such as diabetes are managed with pills or injections. This approach creates a vicious, expensive, and unhealthy cycle of medication and then more medication to address the negative side effects. As a physician and a life coach, I work with clients to resolve their diseases, get off their medications, and live a naturally healthy life. If you don't like the healthcare system in America, I recommend you use less of it by being naturally healthy. So if you feel there has to be a better, more natural way to live a healthy life, you are in the right place. Hey, welcome back to the Living and Naturally Healthy Life with Delane MD podcast. So I know if you're watching this on YouTube, it's obviously not a podcast, it's a video, but for the most part, this is put out for a podcast. So I just wanted to, I was getting requests for this to go out on YouTube. And so I thought I'd start recording videos as I did this and putting this out for YouTube, which means a couple things. One, like there's this discussion at the beginning of each podcast about whether it's a podcast or whether it's a YouTube video, but whatever, it's out there. It's information that folks can use to help start living that naturally healthy life. So that's one thing that it means, but it also means that I have to actually get ready. I have to be like a functional human being. So let's be honest. I used to do my podcasts when there was no video. There was also no makeup and the hair was totally not done, although that's what's happening today. And I would be in my pajamas and all of that was great and well. Now I'm in a swimsuit, so I get cold because you can see my swimsuit in there. I get cold, so I have a shirt on over it. So if you're watching the video, you can see that. But I also, like, it's very clear my hair hasn't been done. It is a Sunday and it's the weekend and I've been in a pool already once this weekend and I didn't do anything with my hair after that. I did put makeup on, so you're welcome. But um, yeah, it's kind of... Uh, It's a very unpolished version of me. So that's what's going on if you're getting the joy of watching this video. So, but I wanna put this out here, right? Like this information that I provide to folks is, I feel really important and I feel like it's, for those people who can't afford to work with me, this is like free content, free information. What I do with my clients, exactly what I put out here is what I do with my clients to help them start living that naturally healthy life. So for those of you who don't know, my name is Dr. Delaine Vaughn. I'm a family practice doctor and board certified family practice doctor. And I'm also a certified life and weight coach. I combine those two training backgrounds to help people, especially people with diabetes, reverse their diabetes, come off their medications and live naturally healthy lives and really more robust lives. And that's actually what we're going to be talking about today. I actually discuss with a client of mine. Not all of my clients are uh, diabetic clients. Some of them are weight loss clients. So um, this is actually a discussion with a weight loss client that I have about emotional eating. And the realization came to me that like, I haven't really talked about on the podcast what that really means and that what we think it is in the real world, you know, out there, what we've always thought it was is not what I teach that emotional eating is. So I really wanted to dive into that a little bit today so that you can kind of decide, am I truly emotional eating? And then like, that was the question, like from my client, like, well, how do I know if I'm emotionally eating? And I was like, Oh, we totally need to talk about this. So let's talk first things first. What is emotional eating? Emotional eating is not what we think it is, right? Like we all get this vision of Bridget Jones' diary, right? Where she's on the couch after a breakup, she's heartbroken and there's a gallon of ice cream in her lap and she's watching movies. We think that's emotional eating or we think that it's when we're angry about something, that's emotional eating or 
when we're, you know, truly devastated, like, you know, something horrible in our life happens. Like, it's funny, I was talking with another client this week, and they mentioned funeral potatoes. And I don't know, I assume that everybody knows what funeral potatoes are, but it's that potato casserole dish. And we eat, like, I know that every funeral I've ever been to, the luncheon afterwards always has this potato casserole, because it's comfort food, it's funeral potatoes. So we think about eating when we have these high charged emotions, like we think extreme emotions is what leads to eating. And we usually assume that it's also extreme bad emotions that's what leading to eating. But what I would like to offer is all eating is actually emotional eating, right? So if you think back to the thought model, which is one of the main tools that I use to help my clients live naturally healthy lives to kind of really dig into the actions that they're taking and why they're doing it. The thought model has a circumstance and then you have thoughts about the circumstance and then you have feelings that you that are generated from those thoughts that we have. And then you have actions that are taken from that feeling, right? We have a feeling that generates an action and then all of our results come from these things, right? So action, like eating is an action. It's always an action, right? Like always will be an action. And so it must be a feeling right? There's an emotion that goes behind all of our eating, good or bad, including eating that serves our health, that honors our body, that honors our goals. That is an emotional eat also. It's not always the super extreme of feeling badly or feeling good, okay? Even something as like, I mean, like most of us recognize, like when I feel deprived that I want to eat, right? Like if everybody, this happens so much with my clients, everybody at the barbecue was eating all the stuff. They were eating the barbecue, they were eating the potato salad, they were eating the chips, and then they were eating the desserts, and I don't get to do that. Here's how that breaks down, right? Like the circumstances you were at a barbecue, the thought is I don't get to eat what everybody else is eating, and your feeling is then deprived, right? And that deprived feeling feels bad. It just feels crappy. And what our brains know makes us feel better is eating all the things, right? Our brain releases dopamine. It releases positive, feel-good neurochemistry into it when we eat food. And when we do that, we know, our brains have been trained to know that that is the quickest way to feel better when we're feeling deprived. And that's why so many people struggle with this, right? That's why so many people, when they have a deprived feeling or they feel badly about something, their go-to response is to start eating all the things, okay? So then there's something, I mean, like that's a bad feeling, right? Then there's stuff that's like really neutral, right? It's like, just like, blah. I mean, it's not good. It's not bad. Things like boredom. How many people eat out of boredom? Many, many, many people eat out of boredom, right? Again, like we don't want to feel bored. We don't want to feel blah. We want a little spice in life. And what does our brain know? Our brain knows that if we eat the food, we get this positive neurochemistry released into our brain and we feel a little better. We want to feel better. We don't want to feel bored. We like avoid boredom like it's a plague. So interesting when my children who are, you know, of course, post pre-COVID school year starting, but post COVID school year ending and they're in the summer and they're like, I'm bored. And I'm like, what I would do to be bored. Oh my gosh. Right. But like, People don't like to feel bored, so they try to avoid it. How do they try to avoid it? They eat because they get that immediate neurochemistry release into their brain that they feel better. So that eating is emotional eating, right? And then there's even like the eating that serves our body. Like I know that when I eat these foods that I am healthy. I'm eating healthy. I am 
eating foods in a way that honors my body, honors my health, right? Like, so your circumstance is simple. It's just eating. It's lunch, right? Your thought is when I eat a salad with salmon, I am honoring my health and my body. And your feeling might be committed or determined. And your action is you eat that food that you decided to eat because it serves your body, right? All of it's emotional eating. All eating is derived. Eating is an action and it's always derived from an emotion. So I want to first say that I really do, like, what is emotional eating really? Everything's emotional eating. All of it's emotional eating. There's not just bad emotional eating, right? So I want to run through some of these examples of like the things, because people will be like, I don't emotionally eat. People tell me this, right? And I'm like, we all emotionally eat. Like it may not be bad emotions. It may be good emotions, or it may even just be like a determined feeling or a necessity feeling, right? Like it's time to eat. My body needs food. I'm going to eat out of necessity. Like that's what we want to believe. Like I even used to think this. When I get very emotionally charged, I lose my appetite. I don't want to eat, right? And that's so I'm, I'm not an emotional eater. Like I'm not Bridget Jones on the sofa with a thing of ice cream, right? That's what I tell myself. But what I realized is that my emotional eating was not so supercharged. It was very mundane day-to-day -day things. And that's what I want to like run through some examples and show you. So obviously there is the emotional eating that comes with emotional hurt, emotional devastation, like something really bad. Your parent passes away. God forbid your spouse passes away. These things are obvious emotions. Some people meet that with food because they don't want to feel bad. Some people, like for me, I feel so nauseous in those scenarios that I don't want to eat. Like I just lose my appetite. But certainly emotional eating can be related to those really intense negative emotions or angry and mad. I'm probably more apt to eat when I'm angry and mad. When I'm hurt or devastated, I don't want to eat. But when I'm angry, I probably like my brain still offers me food, like as how we're going to manage this, right? My bigger problem when I really was uncovering why I didn't eat in a way that honored my body, why I didn't eat in a way that served my health, why I didn't eat in a way that even served my desires, like my goals, like I want to lose a certain amount of weight. Why do I not eat in a way that honors that goal of mine? I was pre-diabetic and I knew that that was like, that I was at a risk of developing type two diabetes, but why did I continue to eat M&Ms all day long at work? And this was the emotion that I came up with. I actually call it affy, annoyed, frustrated, uh, irritated. Those all went together for me, right? But it's sometimes it's not hurt and devastation. It's not anger. It's just like this underlying annoyance, irritation, frustration. For me, that's what drove all of my emotional, like I would say 70, 80% of my emotional eating Okay, maybe it was less than that because I think I also emotionally ate when I was happy. But it drove a lot of my day-to-day -day emotional eating was drove, drove by affy. I actually, I just named it because they all went together for me. It was an affy thing. I would turn to M&Ms throughout the day to deal with that negative emotion in my life, right? Other people will literally eat when they're just blue. Like I'm not upset. I'm not angry. I'm not even irritated. I'm just blah. I'm just blue, right? And so we want to feel better. And again, our brains know that the food will help us feel better. So we like turn to the food to try to feel better. And sometimes like we do get a release of neurochemistry that makes us feel better for a little bit, 
but the blah and the blueness, of course, doesn't go away, right? The annoyance, the irritation doesn't go away. The angry, the mad doesn't go away. The hurt, the devastation doesn't go away just because we ate some M&Ms, right? That was my thing, or some cake, or some nachos, or some pizza. Like, it doesn't go away, but we do get a little bit, a hit of neurochemistry in our brain that makes us feel a little bit better. So other, like, on the, like, then there's this, like, neutral, right? Like, you have, like, hurt and devastated, which I think is, like, probably the super extreme, angry and mad, which is close to the super extreme, irritated and annoyed, which is kind of day-to-day life, blue blah, which is kind of day-to-day life, and then you have, like, this just, like, neutral, right? I mean, like, it's boredom, right? Like my kids do this, they're bored, right? We just talked about this. Like, I wish I had time to be bored, but they totally are like, can I have potato chips? Can I make popcorn? Can I eat something? Like my kids, even at a very young age are like, can I eat when I'm bored? But it's not just children. Like adults do this all the time. Like we don't let our kids do it because we're like, no, you can't sit and eat popcorn all day, right? But as adults, we allow ourselves to do this all the time. Like I'm bored. I think I'm gonna go ahead and eat popcorn at night right? Or I'm bored at work. I'm bored with the work that I'm doing. So I'm going to eat M&Ms all day long. So boredom, I mean, like that's pretty neutral. It's not like anybody's pulling your fingernails out or anything, right? But like we try to avoid it, right? We don't want to feel bored. And a lot of times, many, many people eat because of boredom. So then you start to move to the positive things, right? People are like, oh, I only eat when I'm sad or I never eat when I'm sad. Like I'm not an emotional eater, but let's be honest. Like happy and content like we want to eat because we think we can make that happiness that contentness more like we think we can expand it by getting some of that positive neurotransmission into our brain right other times like anticipation like so you see this like a new love like like when somebody's starting to date right like they're really like starting to feel those intense feelings of attraction and love and like we're out to eat many many people when they're in new relationships will gain weight in that fresh early period right because you're going out to eat and you're ordering desserts and let's get together and watch a movie and we'll have popcorn with it since we're having popcorn let's go ahead and have the m&ms with it right like so anticipation and frequently will lead to eating to emotional eating right like engagements, right? Like you get engaged with your new love and there's this dinner and there's a ring and there's a proposal and there's, oh my gosh, there's pasta and chicken parmesan and cheesecake and the breadsticks, right? Like there's all the things that go along with it because you're like excited and there's this anticipation, right? People will do this when they find out they're pregnant, right? Like celebration, we're pregnant. Let's go out and have a celebration dinner. You find this out, like I see this, like I'm not getting engaged. I'm not getting pregnant anymore. But my children, my my adult kids, like when they get engaged, like they're like coming home and they're like, oh, we're engaged. Let's go out to dinner and celebrate, right? Like many, many times these positive emotions totally drive us to eat. And we don't think it happens that way, but it totally happens that way. When I got accepted to medical school, right? Big celebration. Let's go out for a celebration dinner. When our daughter got accepted to KU, to the school that she goes to for college, like both of them, both of our adult daughters that are now in college, let's go out to dinner. Let's have a cake. Let's have a celebration. (laughs) Like we met all of these really positive experiences that were really anticipatory experiences with food, right? Like my husband and I are getting ready to start remodeling our kitchen 
And even now my brain's like, Ooh, we're remodeling. How exciting. Let's go eat. Let's have a dinner. Let's celebrate. Let's call my parents. Let's talk about the plans. So there's a lot of times that we meet even these positive emotions with food. We see this with family gatherings, like, like for Christmas or New Year's or Thanksgiving or 4th of July or Labor Day or Memorial Day, whatever it is. You have the picnics, you have the family there. This is a joyous occasion. It's not like it's all devastation and hurt, but we totally want to meet that experience with food, right? So, and other times you're like having a victorious, like your kids won their soccer game. Let's go out for ice cream. You know, we're constantly meeting positive emotions with food. And then there are other celebrations. I mean, think about weddings and graduations, like all of those, we surround all of those experiences with food. Like that's just how we do it in our culture. And it's certainly how our brain is trained to do it, but it definitely is like we, our brain offers us food as a response to these experiences. So I, again, I want to say that all eating is always emotional, all of it's emotional eating. So we think that only emotional eating is like when something bad's happened and we're eating to kind of buffer away those emotions. That's real, that happens, but it's not the only way you see it. So how, my clients come to me, so how do I know? Like, I, don't, I didn't see it this way. How do I know what, what I'm eating for, what my brain's offering me food to deal with? And so that's like the best thing to like figure out. And the only way you figure it out is you make a plan to eat. Like, so everybody knows this is what I promote, right? I promote you make a plan for what you're going to eat tomorrow. You make it today. I make mine every night before I go to bed. I know exactly what I'm going to eat. I just do it. Last night, we came home very, very late. And I knew that, like, I wasn't going to be able to, I never stay up that late. So it's really painful when I do, but I knew that I wasn't writing it down, but I was like, okay, I'm going to have eggs. I'm going to have avocado. I'm going to have pio de gallo, probably going to have some peanuts and some cashews. That's my eating plan. Like I put it in my head. I think about it. I've done it for so long that it's just like part of how my brain works. That's fine. When you're first starting, you actually have to write it down. And most of the time I do actually have it written down. And in fact, I have it written down for the week. Now, Say Tuesday night, my friend calls me and says, hey, let's go to lunch on Wednesday. I can change Wednesday's plan on Tuesday night. That's totally, I'm like, I'm a grown woman. I can do whatever I want. I can change it. But once Wednesday morning hits, there's not, I don't change my plan, right? So what does that offer to you? Why is that so important? Because when you make the plan and you stick to the plan and you eat only what's on the plan, then when your brain starts to offer you M&Ms, or pizza for lunch, or french fries, that's your opportunity to say, okay, what's going on here that's offering me this? Why is this a problem? I had a experience early on in this journey for me when I was really starting to really master eating to serve my body, eating to serve and honor my goals, eating to serve and honor my health. I had a negative patient experience in the clinic I was working at. I still work there. I'm, I've only got a few more weeks of working there, but I had a very negative experience. It made me very uncomfortable. It made me feel almost violated is really, I think, the feeling. And it was around Halloween. And I, of course, had made a plan for what I would eat. And this experience happened mid, like, I think it was, I think it was honestly the last patient I had of the morning. And I knew like my brain was like i want the twix all of the twix from the halloween bowl i want all of them 
And I knew in that moment, like I'm handling this. I, I am actively making a choice to handle this negative experience with food. It's just what I'm going to do. In that period, I was probably pretty angry with myself because I totally ate all the candy. I mean, like I didn't eat all the candy. I would never eat like six six lits or Jolly Ranchers. I would never eat that stuff, but I probably cleared that candy bowl of all the chocolate. That does not align with who I want to be. That does not align with my health goals. It didn't align with anything. That's how I handled it that day. As I have gotten to a point where I'm like, yeah, sometimes that happens. You know what I mean? Sometimes that's how I choose to handle scenarios. It doesn't happen as much anymore because I know that that doesn't align with what my goals are. So here's the deal. This is how you figure it out though, right? Like you make a plan and then when your food, when your brain starts offering all all the foods that you want to eat, all the things that you want to eat, then you figure out, okay, what am I feeling? What's going on here? What am I thinking? Why am I getting this feeling? What is going on? And you just get real curious with that. So this is what we do in coaching, right? I help my clients determine what their emotion is, what their thoughts are that are giving them this emotion. And then I help them like just learn to sit with it. Like, what does it look like to just sit with feeling violated, with feeling frustrated, with feeling angry, with feeling taken advantage of? What does that look like if I just sit with it? Because sometimes the feelings are really intense like that, right? Or devastation or hurt or angry or mad. But sometimes it's just boredom. Is boredom really so bad that I want to be diabetic for it? Is boredom really so bad that I don't want to eat in a way that serves my health, that honors my body? Really? Like, I don't think boredom's that bad. But for so many years, we just get used to avoiding that negative feeling that will do anything to avoid that negative feeling, like M&Ms, Twix, all the things, right? So we determine the emotion. We learn to sit with the emotion. We decide how bad the emotion really is. Like, how does it really feel? Because again, sometimes there are feelings that I'm like, yeah, I might meet that with some food. Like, that's a really rough feeling. Like, maybe that'll happen. But then you get to like, decide like is that really what you want to do and it's a choice it's not suddenly like oh my gosh a bag of m&ms jumped in my mouth magically i have no idea why it happened like that's not always the case right like that's never the case m&ms never like there's no mystical m&m monster coming down and forcing m&ms down my throat right like that's just a choice i make but then it becomes a choice and then you're empowered to like change the choice and that's where you get to like blow the doors off of your life and do something different as I've gone on in this journey, I've realized that I really want the entirety of my life. I want the good and the bad. I want the breadth, the depth of all of the feels. I really don't want to meet them, those emotions with food. But even that being where I'm at, it doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. Like sometimes it totally happens. Like sometimes I like, I'm having a really blue day. I don't get it. Maybe I'll try eating the food, but I've got enough awareness where I'm like, yeah, that didn't even help. I still feel the blue. I don't think I'm going to continue that path because it's not changing anything. Right? So this is how you do it. Like, that's the question, right? Do I emotionally? Yes or no. I want to say no, but then you make a plan and you stick to your plan and you realize, oh yeah, I totally emotionally eat. What are the emotions? Right? Like, how does that work? This is how you figure that out. You make the plan and you spend some time 
with the emotions that you're trying to avoid. And then you figure out where that problem is. That's where coaching happens. That's where, that's what I do with my clients. So of course, if this is something you're interested in, or if you've been trying some of the things that I teach on this podcast and you're not getting the results you want, definitely send me a message to Delane at DelaneMD.com to like set up some time. We'll talk. We'll see if this is something that would work for you so that you can reach all of your goals, all of your health goals. My passion is to really help those people, especially with diabetes, that are really sick of what the healthcare industry has to offer. The healthcare industry has all the insulin under the sun that they want to offer you. All the pills, all the things, all the lab draws, all the specialists. If you're not interested in that, like if that's not you, you want to live that naturally healthy life, that is what I help people do. I help people do the things that they can't do within the healthcare system in America. So that's something you're interested in. Send me that email to Delane at DelaneMD.com. Let's see what there is, what more is out there that can be offered to you that you can do to help you live that naturally healthy life. I hope you found this helpful. If you have any questions about it, send me a message. I'm happy to answer anything. I hope you have a great week. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Also leave me a review. If you want to resolve your diabetes naturally without any pills or injections, I can help you. Visit DelaneMD.com for more information. Click on the work with me tab, send me a message, and we can set up a mini coaching session. You guys have a great week. I'll talk to you soon.